Hello, everybody. Welcome to the third episode of On That Note. Today's special guest is my friend, Sydney Wilkie, also known as Saint with a Y, S-A-Y-N-T. That's where you can find her on Spotify, Apple Music, the whole shebang. Uh, she put out an EP last year called Primitivo. It's a nice mix of Latin pop, reggaeton, traditional Spanish guitar, and even some good old rock and roll. And I am excited to have her on the podcast today. Saint Sydney Wilkie, how are you doing? What's up? Oh, you're looking great. Oh, thank you. I took <laughs> my time today. Of course. You got to throw some makeup on for the, the video podcast. You for know. all the people. Yeah, for all the people out there. <laughs> how are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. Are you excited for your big move? I am. It just kind of hit me yesterday because I just picked up my visa, my student visa. So now it's like becoming real. <laughs> That's crazy. So you're going to Spain. What are you going for? I'm moving to Valencia, Spain to go to Berkeley College of Music. I'm getting a master's of art in global entertainment and music business studying live entertainment. Wow. That's yeah, it's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool, though. Uh, what are you going to be learning about when you're there? You know? Yeah. So, I mean, we take a lot of like uh, business, like core classes that are more skewed towards music. So a lot of finance classes, um, a lot of law classes, things like that, um, all within the music industry. So instead of law, we're taking copyright law instead of, you know, whatever other English class you'd be required to take, we're taking publishing. So um, anything that has to do with the music industry and that we can give ourselves a business credit for, <laughs> we're right. going to be taking. So what do you want to be like doing with that degree? Because obviously given the world right now, not a lot of live concerts, but I'm sure when they come back, they're going to come back even stronger than they ever were. Yeah. I th I've heard a lot of people in my industry, some of my coworkers from my previous job saying, um, that like they think that the landscape of live music is going to look totally different and that it's never going to be the same. And I just beg to differ. I think people love live music so much. There's so much magic around it that like it's impossible. It doesn't come back. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, you know, once things settle and we have a vaccine, music will come back the way that we remember it and probably even better. I mean, drive-in concerts are now a thing, um, virtual concerts, all these things. Um, but even with all of that said, I personally, if the world allows me, would like to work um, probably initially in like festivals or touring or somehow, you know, like I'm single, I'm unattached, no mortgage, no nothing. So I'd love to be able to travel um, with my job within the music industry as much as possible. That's, that's the dream, just to be able to be unattached and can travel the world doing what you love. Where would you, where would you go first? Um, right now Spain. I'm thinking, yeah, right. Well, within <laughs> Spain, initially my thought was like, oh, cool. I'll move to like Ibiza or Mallorca and work in like the, the party kind of club scene there doing booking or something. Um, aside from that, I don't know. I mean, like I've really loved Australia, New Zealand, so that could be a great place to start. Or, I mean, I haven't really done much of any of Asia, so maybe we'll start there. Final answer. I'm going to say Asia. Asia, there you go. It's a big continent, but you yeah. can you can <laughs> you can take it all. Right. Okay, fine. Japan. We'll narrow it down. Let's start there with we Japan. Go. <laughs> Tokyo would be really cool, I feel like. Yeah, right. That, that looks like a city from the future. For real. It's like its own world. For this podcast, I listened to Primitivo a handful of times. 
And uh, I feel like it has to be known that it's such an interesting story. When we met uh, up in Nashville, maybe three years ago or something, mm -hmm. I remember talking to you about music and it was probably the first time either one of us had really expressed to the other like oh we kind of want to make some music yeah. and we both said within a year we're going to put out an ep and we both did it and what mm -hmm. i remember thinking that was so cool for you is from the beginning you had the idea to want it to be a spanish english fusion and mm -hmm. you did it and i did it <laughs> i think it's very impressive and i just had a few questions about it all so how did the writing process go for that did you bring them to a producer or did he write them ahead of time it's really interesting trying to do latin pop in a place like nashville um not just because it's very country heavy but because it's one of those southern cities i mean like we grew up in atlanta so in atlanta yeah we're in the south but it's like super diverse there's every type of culture and language spoken here nashville is not like that so finding co-writers was like near impossible. So it was kind of all on me. Luckily, the woman who I was taking vocal lessons from at the time um, also did production. So at least for my first record, I was like, that's kind of an easy way to go. I know that she knows what I'm trying to do. Like I know she knows my skill level, that's a good place to start. Um, in terms of like the actual writing process, it took a while. I mean, the last song, that I put on the record is a song called Te Están Viendo, which is um, one of the bilingual songs. I literally was writing it as I was in the studio recording it. <laughs> so like a few of them were done a long time in advance. Like Mujer Celestial was one of the first ones I recorded. It was done like literally six months before any of the other ones were even written. Um, That's my favorite, I think. Mujer Celestial. Oh, thanks. Yeah, well, that was the first one ever that I recorded and wrote. Really? Wow. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was just different for all of them. That one came, was a little more challenging because I think I wrote it all in English at first. And then it was my producer who was like, you know what, push this one further. Like, I know you can do it. So I kind of went back and was like, what's the message of the song? What am I trying to say? Can I say that in another language? Where does that make sense to say it in another language? So a few of them were kind of like that, like diving into the story and then going from there. A few of them just came naturally. Like, I'm sure you know the writing process. Sometimes it just comes out of your brain and you're like, I wasn't thinking that, but apparently subconsciously I must have been because here it is. <laughs> so a few of them were like that. But um, all in all, the process was pretty cathartic. It was um, stressful, but it felt good. Kind of therapeutic, right? Very therapeutic, especially when you like have the release show and you're like, oh, and people are clapping. You're like, oh my God, that was like such a big part of my soul for so long. <laughs> yeah, it feels like, you know, a total relief to finally have it out there. And you did a release show for it. So you played like all the songs when it came out live? Sort of. So the whole idea around the first EP that I put out was I wanted it to be out um, in time for my graduation from college last year. So I had my graduation, I had like the typical graduation brunch. And then like three hours later, I had the release party. Um, and I think I played three of the songs off of the record. And then because I was at more of a Southern near Broadway kind of club, I was like, you know, I can't make this all Spanish. No one's going to get it. People are going to fall asleep. That's going to be such a buzzkill. Um, I added in a few like pop songs that people would know. There's like an Ariana Grande song and a Shakira song to like you know, try to get the vibe to, to tie in a little better. Um, and then the record came out, I think a, a month after that. Yeah. So, you know, did what we could with the time that we had. <laughs> How do you decide to 
you know, you were just talking about Mujer Celestial, which is English and Spanish. How do you decide, uh, oh, this line should be English, this line should be Spanish, or do you not even put that much thought into it? It's just whatever comes up. It's kind of tricky in that sense, because it's not just which line works in Spanish, it's which line works in the melody. Because if you pick, you know, in the verse, the, the last line of the verse is going to be in Spanish. Not that you have to, but like you, you kind of have to carry that pattern throughout the rest of the song. So you have to look at all your verses or your chorus and be like, okay, does the last line of each one of these verses work in another language? Um, so there was just like a lot of playing around, like a lot of, I wrote it all completely out in Spanish and then literally just started like substituting lines here and there and like, okay, let's try the first one and the last one. And then let's try maybe one middle one um, until I found something that I was like, okay, that, that's kind of what I meant. So is the second EP that you're working on right now going to be similar? It is not actually. <laughs> yeah, the second EP I'm working on right now is a two song, I guess, kind of mini EP. Um, it's called Saint and Sinner. One of the songs, they're both um, referencing like the same breakup. Um, and when I was writing after the breakup, it was kind of interesting that I had one day I would be super emotional and longing and I wish this could have worked and I miss you. And then one day I'd be like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm doing so much better. My life is going awesome. And I was like, how can you have these same feelings about the exact same relationship? Mm. You know, like I don't just automatically hate this person and then the next day fall back in love with the person. Um, so I thought that that was kind of interesting because I'd never really gone through a breakup like that before. And I was like, you know what? Why don't I just put that into my art like I did the last one? So it's two songs that are on purpose, complete polar opposites. Nice. <laughs> but about the same kind of emotion, which I'm really hoping a lot of people will be like, finally, I don't have to feel guilty for like hating him for seven hours and then loving him again for eight, you know? Well, we all love breakup music. I think everybody gets down to that. And you're right. I mean, there's nothing black and white about a breakup or about any kind of, um, you know, separation from anyone. It's never mm -hmm. just going to be like, oh, yeah, fuck that person. Like, yeah. you're always going to remember some of the good times and you'll never forget some of the shit they said to you. either. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you're like, can't sleep at night going over everything in your head. And you're like, you know what? That really pissed me off when he didn't compliment my new shoes six months ago. And you're like, mm, right. Put it in a song. Like, put it in the song. Yeah. <laughs> I have so many sticky notes like around my headboard that are like, you fucking hated my shoes? Question mark. <laughs> and that's where the songs came from. So when do you think the EP is going to be out? Yeah, so I recorded the first song last Saturday up in Nashville, and I'm actually going back up before I leave, so this Sunday through Wednesday to record the second. Um, and typically, I mean, there's a pretty fast turnaround time. The guy who's doing our engineering is also going to be mixing the songs. Um, so they'll be done. They'll be done by the beginning of September, but when they come out... Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, I know. I got I to gotta think up some some timeline. I'm going to say tentatively um, Thanksgiving. Tentatively Thanksgiving. Have you enjoyed what Nashville has brought to your music? Do you think it was a challenge in a good way or just overall frustrating being in a city that seems to be fairly different than the genre that you are focused on? So when I first got to Nashville, because I came from a very non-musical family, I kind of thought that I was big shit. I'm not gonna lie. I thought that I was super talented and I had something going for me. And I kind of thought that I would make friends with other musicians pretty easily. 
Um, and when I got there, I did not. Because <laughs> um, everyone else was so talented. I mean, they had been, like, working on their craft since they could walk. And I was like, I just kind of fell into this a couple of years ago. So the first few years were incredibly humbling, which is really painful at the time, but ultimately has been, like, the biggest gift. Because it knocked me down for a few years, and I was like, oh, I suck. I can't do this. What am I doing? And then I found my sound, and I was like, wait. I'm getting jealous of all these people because they found their sound. Like that was all I was kind of missing. And then I started gaining a little bit of confidence. So even though I wasn't really into the country music scene, being around musicians has this kind of like energy that it gives to you no matter what genre they're working in. And on top of that, there's actually kind of a big like pop scene. There's a big rock scene in Nashville as well. So I was able to kind of like embed myself into those like sub scenes mm -hmm. <laughs> um, that weren't country that were, I mean, that's where I find my people at least. Yeah, Mujer Celestial, I remember thinking, oh man, this breakdown really reminds me of Guns N' Roses. And I know you love Guns N' Roses. <laughs> yeah, I do. Then when we recorded that in the studio, I audibly, and I shouldn't have, and it was my first time recording, so I didn't know. But he finished the drum solo and I was like, hell yeah <laughs> and that showed up on the recording <laughs> like we're keeping it i know my producer i think who is there like i don't know her friend was there i don't know taking pictures or something and he goes oh you totally have to keep that in the song <laughs> you have to there's so much character when you do that yeah it was funny i think i have the snippet somewhere we'll use it at some point <laughs> <laughs> do you ever plan on playing with a live band i hope so i think that would I... be sick yeah, I mean, I have like the classic stage fright dilemma, which is kind of interesting hmm. to like work through because I'm a super confident individual. So it's kind of weird that I have stage fright. Um, but once I kind of work through that, there's nothing like more invigorating to me than like a whole live band, especially when they get really into it and they like. I don't know, my favorite part of a band is when they like cut off transitions and they just seamlessly go into each song because like the energy stays up and you're so hype. Yeah, it's like a DJ who doesn't... Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he never stops. So right. next time you look up, it's four in the morning and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, that's what I want to give people. I want people to forget what time it is and we get to the end of my set and they're like, oh shit, it's midnight. Mm -hmm. So as soon as the world lets me, I would love to do a full band show. Well, how do you get rid of uh, your own stage fright? Hmm. Take a shot of whiskey before you go on. on. I was about to say, honestly, I'm not a huge drinker, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least for that first like release show, I had like two double whiskey neats, which is just straight pulling from the bottle. Yep. And I got up and I was a little tipsy and I forgot a few lines, but at least I was like up there doing it. You know, I was like... You dance and you have a good time. Nobody even knows. Yeah. I stayed for the full six songs. So in my book, that was a big win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like... Well, there you go, everybody. If you're just nervous, take a couple shots of whiskey and you'll be good to go. Yeah. Sydney approved. Sydney approved. Me. Saint approved. Saint, you can, Saint with yeah. a Y. Yeah. <laughs> Grab yourself some whiskey. What is your advice to somebody who wants to be doing Spanish music right now in a world, mm. in the U.S. especially, because I feel like Spanish music has gotten... Like it was already very getting popular when we were uh, talking a few years ago. Now it's mm -hmm. only gotten even bigger. So mm -hmm. what would you say to somebody, uh, you know, a, a female even who wants mm -hmm. to grow up in this environment? What would kind mm -hmm. of advice would you give her? Um, I think I'd first give the advice that 
Spanish pop, Latin pop, Spanish music of any kind is the same as anything you listen to on the radio now. You have to figure out what it is you want to say and figure out the way that only you can say it. Um, because like in Latin pop, there's so many different subgenres, you know, like there's the trap, there's the salsa versions of Latin pop, there's the, you know, whatever's. So you have to find what it is you want to say and make sure that it's important what you're trying to say. Um, and then in terms of being a female trying to get into Latin pop, just stay true to who you are. Like I know that in Latin pop, a lot of the women, just because it's Latin culture, are super sexy and showy and flashy. If that's not you, do not force yourself to do that because it's going to feel like really disingenuous and really uncomfortable. People are going to be able to see that. So like authenticity and having something to say are two things that I think can be carried over in any genre that you're doing, particularly in Latin pop, which is kind of a big male dominated field. Hmm. Yeah. Very well said. Well, thank you. I think about it sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. I, uh, I think that goes back to what you're saying about, I mean, pretty much the same thing as finding your sound, you know, being in Nashville and being so different from everyone else. You can compare yourself and be like, why am I not as cool as this? Why can't I sing as good as that? And like, well, you have to play into your own strengths and your own personality because nobody's going to have that. Yeah. Nobody yeah. can can be you. So you might as well. It sounds cheesy, but be the best you you can be you can yeah i mean like whatever that gut feeling is that is telling you that you need to be an artist you need to be a singer listen to it further because it's going to tell you how to achieve that it's going to tell you what it is you want to say what it is like how it is you want to say it so just always keep listening to yourself because there's a reason for it mm -hmm. i think it falls into place once you really like if you're starting to write something new and like, yeah. you know when it's okay, yeah. there's something here and you just yeah. got to keep following it and not, not judge yourself. Oh my God. If I told you how many absolute shit garbage songs I wrote before I got to the first one that I actually recorded, you'd probably give up. So like, do not think that the first time you write a song, A, it's going to be a hit or B, you're even going to like it yourself because odds are you're not because songwriting and being an artist is kind of like any other muscle. Like if you can't do one crunch today, go back and tomorrow you could probably do two. You know, like you just have to keep working it and keep practicing well i think it's time for the fast five where i'm going to ask you five quick questions mm -hmm. you're going to answer all of them mm -hmm. okay all right fast five. First Ooh. question lyrics or beat which comes first lyrics lyrics interesting yeah i think so <laughs> so you write the lyrics first and then you're listening to the beat and then you're like, okay, this is the one. Like, do you have a notebook full of lyrics that you're just waiting for the right beat to come? Yeah, I think so. Because I think like back when I was a little bit younger, I used like writing and writing poetry as like my kind of meditation or, or like therapy or something. So I think since that evolved into music that it's kind of just fitting that I would pick lyrics first just because it's my like release. Very cool. I don't know too many people who do lyrics first. For me, it's like, for me, it's like, I can't, I can't know what to write about until I can hear the song. <laughs> you hear it? Yeah. yeah. But that's cool to hear somebody who has a completely different opinion. It's all different kinds of ways. All right. Question to Beatles or Rolling Stones? <sighs> Rolling Stones. I have a very unpopular opinion that I am not a fan of the Beatles. <laughs> wow. That is 
hugely unpopular. I know people are gonna like this is when they're gonna shut the podcast off. Like, <laughs> At least who is hey, this bitch? it's getting to the end, so that's okay. <laughs> right? So why why the stones over the Beatles? I mean, I know you don't like the Beatles, but what do you love about the stones? I mean, they're pretty badass. A and B, like if you listen to some of the non chart topping stuff, they really always had something important to say. You know, like even songs. I mean, there are songs where if you, even if you listen to like the background vocals, you're like, what is she actually saying? Oh, wait, she's protesting war and rape and murder. Oh, you know, like they really went there. Right. Um, and I appreciate that. And at the same time, if you don't want to listen to lyrics, you can still headbang to it. I'm still down to rock to the Rolling Stones. <laughs> Very true. See, I need to actually get into the more like the full albums. You know, I only know the hits. Yeah. So maybe I need to give it more of an extra bit of effort. All right, third question, in the studio or playing live? Well, because of my stage friend, I'm going to say in the studio. <laughs> because that's like in the vocal booth, it feels like there's no one around me because I'm like, you know, off in the corner, probably in a right. blacked out soundproof room. Your headphones in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm going to say studio. In the studio, I feel the same. There's something about creating something new right there in front of you. Yeah, and it's allowed to change. You feel like you have the permission to be like, wait a second. What if we try like a little bit faster? A little bit faster. Like live, it just it's a disaster if you do that. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, vinyl or streaming? Ooh, these are kind of hard questions. <laughs> I mean, I love vinyl, and I have a pretty extensive vinyl collection that I inherited from my dad. However, I would be kind of a hypocrite if I said I listen to vinyl more than I stream. I definitely stream more. Yeah, these days, it's kind of hard to not stream constantly. Yeah. I mean, I with traffic and driving to and from Atlanta and Nashville, I can't exactly bring my like, record player in the backseat, you know what I mean? Right. And that's right. usually where I listen, so. Yeah. And, I mean, what I love about vinyl is that you can really, like, it's, it's a moment to be like, I'm going to do nothing but this. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, nobody bother me. I'm listening to this side of this record right now. Yeah, which is kind of almost better because if you didn't like a song on, if you were streaming it, you'd just skip it. Mm -hmm. But like when you're listening to the vinyl, you have to be like, okay, well, they recorded the song. It was probably really expensive. It took a lot of time. Why did they record it? Why did it make it on the album? Why did it make it between these two? Mm. So you kind of, at least as a musician, at least try to learn to appreciate the whole album. Yeah, the whole package. You're really forced to ask those questions. Yeah. All right, final question, and then we'll, we'll send you off here. Mm -hmm. Who, to you, Saint, is the most underrated artist? The most underrated artist is this band called Rainwolf. Rainwolf. We saw them at Music Midtown, right? Yep, we saw them in the rain, in the mud, probably drunk off of something Yep. at Music Midtown. And then... Um, they came to Nashville years later and I was like, okay, I followed these guys for a while. Um, and then they were touring, promoting a new EP that they put out. So I was like, okay, I'm going to buy a ticket. It's $15 and I'll listen to the EP. Like I literally bought it like two days before the show. So I listened to the EP and I, it has not been off of repeat. They have been consistently in my top artists on Spotify and top five songs every year. Wow. It's they're incredible. 10 yeah, out of 10. He's sick. He'll like stand up on the kick drum and they, they do a cover of, what is it? Um, that Fleetwood Mac song, The Chain. Mm. And they, they kill it. I don't know if you've heard that. 
Mm. Unbelievable. You're like, I already know. Oh my God. The concert. I mean, they literally took down all the drums, set them up in the middle of the audience and had a little kid sitting there playing the drums while he was like, I don't know, standing on someone's shoulders, like playing the guitar. And then at the end, they ended up sitting on top of the bar, like pouring shots into people's mouths while they played an acoustic version of like, I don't know, whatever song. I was like, this is what I'm talking about. This is an experience. This is why I paid to come see you. Yeah, I think you need to take notes and do that at your next show. Yeah, right. Just like make sure the the bartender has like five bottles I can just like go to town with. (laughs) Well, hopefully I do get to see you play a show sooner rather than later, whether it's in Spain or in the States. Hey, you too. I'd love to come to one of your shows. Yeah, let's let's figure it out. When we're gonna uh, meet in the middle somewhere. We will. Yeah, somewhere in the middle of the uh, the Atlantic. Yeah, like, what's between <laughs> LA and Spain? Yeah. I have no idea. Atlanta, where we both yeah. grew up. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> there we go. Well, thank you again, Sydney Wilkie Saint, for coming on the air. Everybody needs to go check you out, Primitivo on Spotify, Apple, all of that good stuff. Thank you again, and uh, I'll see you soon. Thanks for having me. I'll see you around. Promesas